0: Hello, Jamsters, and welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. My name is John, and I'm super excited to spend some time with you today. You know it's it's been a little bit; it's been about a week. It Feels weird, but it's been a week since I've recorded a podcast with Matthew. And unfortunately, I don't think Matthew's going to be on this show. He has a migraine, and uh, you know, I but I, I couldn't not do a podcast considering free agency is going on right now, and there's so many new additions and subtractions for the phoenix suns starting lineup and bench lineup as well so we i thought we could get together and talk about everything that's been going on over the past week i think the last time that matthew and i saw uh you jamsters we had zona hoops on and we're getting ready for the draft and we're putting in some of our predictions and then the suns didn't have a draft pick and then javon carter was gone with the pick and landry Shamit came and you know, just a lot of things have happened, and that's what's going to happen this this offseason. Things fast and furious, thus the fury of free agency. So I'm going to bring on So Says Jay from the Fanning the Flames podcast, and we're just going to talk about a lot of the different transactions that have occurred in the past week and give our thoughts on those. It's not like we're overly studying a lot of these things. I couldn't sit here and tell you the cap sheet. I can't tell you what the mid-level exception is relative to some of these players and how we brought them on. I just want to talk about the talent that the Phoenix Suns are bringing to this team and the things that I think that James Jones are, uh, is doing good, bad, or indifferent is the signing of JaVale McGee. A good thing is letting Chris Paul sign for four years, 12, $120 million. Is that a good thing? I don't know, but we're going to have that conversation on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast. So this is a reminder. If you're listening to the podcast, on the dry heat network, go ahead, subscribe, rate and review. We need those new reviews as we've moved away from the bright side of the sun podcast network itself. So we need you to give us those five star reviews. And I'll be reading some of those here on the show today. So thank you. Jamsters who have done that already. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, please hit the thumbs up button and please hit the little bell notification button. That's going to let you know, whenever we go live as the off season is occurring, we have a little less, uh, I wouldn't say stability, but frequency, that we're coming to you live. You know, generally during the regular season, we're here after every game and we're breaking down what we saw. In the off season, that kind of varies. So, again, having those bell notifications on is going to benefit you the jamster in knowing when we are actually on live on YouTube. While you're here, hit click the join button. You can become an elite jamster, which gives you perks to some other uh hidden content, some podcast that we're doing only for our elite jamsters and to you elite jamsters we appreciate it uh without further ado i think it's time to pop open an ice cold brewski so i just got a simple bud light here uh, and let's pop it if you got it sons fans and let's talk about this free agent frenzy the fury that's going on today on uh this beautiful day here in phoenix arizona
1: cheers <laughs>
0: So free agency has officially begun, and with free agency comes a lot of changes. And you know what? I'm going to bring in a guy who's recently changed his his facial hair. He no longer rocks the Dario. He's back to looking normal. Welcome, welcome to from Fanning the Flames at So Says Jay Justin. How are you doing today, my friend?
1: Voida, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on. And and seriously, I really mean that because. When you reached out today and asked, I was thinking to myself, I've said nothing, discussed nothing about the sun since the end of the season. And when you reached out about free agency, I'm like, yes, yeah, something sun stuff to talk about. And I can just keep all those other feelings repressed, move on, and let's talk about next year. So let's do this.
0: Amen. And I said that shortly after on one of our podcasts you know, the best thing about this offseason is the ability to take all those emotions that you have and just put them away, compartmentalize them, and never deal with them. Take it out on your kids in like 40 years when they're at their wedding and they're walking down the aisle and all of a sudden that little, you know, kind of switch goes and a fuse blows in your head. And all of a sudden you're just like,
1: God damn it, we lost the game.
0: <laughs> It'll all come out because everything's happening so fast this offseason. Just a week after the Suns lost in the finals, the, the draft happens, and the Suns do trade away Javon Carter with the 29th pick for Landry Schammett. Hearing that news, what was your initial reaction?
1: Great. I mean, it's a great trade for the Suns. Uh, you get rid of a guy, and look, I love Javon Carter. Everyone, I think, every Suns fan loves Javon Carter. Nobody didn't like the dude, and there's nothing not to like about him. You saw him always doing the work. I mean, after every game, even in the finals, after every game, he's out there working on his shot. The dude is a workhorse. He's a bulldog. There's a reason people call him that, right? But at the end of the day, he wasn't cracking the rotation. Uh, could he serve a purpose on the Suns? Potentially, but obviously he wasn't getting the minutes that maybe some people thought he should. And at the end of the day, if he's not going to be in the Suns' plans, then trading him away for a guy who fits very nicely into the way the Suns like to you know, operate, uh, being a, a shooter, uh, shooting, I think, 39% or so from three last year on five and a half attempts a game, a guy that is what two years removed from being—I think he was second or third team all rookie. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to not like about the move. I think it was a great move by James Jones, and frankly, I found it kind of ironic. Anybody who's upset about you know not having a draft pick this year, probably the same person who was upset about who they picked last year, and that's the type of player you would expect to be in this range. So it's like you know, pick one side or the other. But at the end of the day, that trade I believe made the Suns better immediately, and that's something you can't uh, can't be upset about.
0: Yeah. You know, you look at the 29th pick and I'll start with that. And you know, it's a good point there. Whatever asset you're going to gain at the 29th pick in the NBA draft isn't something that's necessarily going to make an impact on this team next year. And I think back to the seven seconds or less era Suns where we had perennially those 25th to 30th overall draft picks and the Suns traded them away for assets to assist them in winning now. And although we are a team and a franchise that's been very used to looking forward to the draft, being players in the draft, we really skipped kind of that, hey, you're in the lottery. Okay, you're just outside the lottery. Okay, now you're in the late 20s. We went from the 10th overall pick to the 29th overall pick. So maybe for some rookie Suns fans or some people who are newer to the entire process that is the offseason, this is something that you have to understand. This team is looking to win now. They have this very young core that they still have under contract. It's kind of like football and like the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, with Kyler Murray on his rookie contract, now's the time to put the assets around him necessary to win instead of waiting for him to, you know, waiting for the the Cardinals and Steve Kime to pay all of that money to him, which negates the other assets around him. So, having the 29th pick, knowing that that's worth about $2 million on the cap sheet, you can take that and package that with javon carter to the nets and receive in return landry Shaman. and you know I'll, I'll put this out there because this will be one of the last times we talk about javon unfortunately until we play the nets and i know i'll talk about it one more time when matthew's feeling better and he's on the podcast but thank you lavon or Levon, I, I just took landry sham and javon carter and i made them one one word javon thank you javon carter for the two years that you put in here in Phoenix, for what you did to the bench, what you did to this culture, to, to show what hustle is, to show what heart is, to show other players and some fans that there is a, a place in the NBA for a player like you who might not have all the physical gifts necessary to be successful as an NBA player. But if you have enough heart and enough hustle, anything is possible. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy to see him go to Brooklyn. And I think that you know it, he will be missed. That's for sure. You know, C4 you know i bid you adieu, thank you for everything you did as a, as a phoenix sun and on the other side of that equation yes hello landry shamon and i really think that that's a solid addition because he is somebody who can come in and spell those booker minutes he's a great off the ball shooter as you mentioned 38 39% from 3 somebody who has a you know fantastic catch and shoot ability somebody who can maintain that offense when uh, devin booker is on the bench and i think that i've been pining for that for quite some time is like, we truly need a backup two guard. We've got, a, we've had a bunch of these backup point guards who are six foot one to six foot three, who are trying to distribute, but don't really have an identity as a two guard. That's what Landry Shamit is. So I'm excited to see him come in. What, what Jersey number do you think he'll wear? I always, this is like one of those things. Whenever these new guys come to the Suns, I'm always just trying to guess what Jersey well, number they're going to wear.
1: What did he wear in New so, Jersey? You know? So
0: he's, he's worn in his career. Cause he's also played for the Clippers. And I think one other team, but he's worn jersey number one. So that's gone. He's worn jersey number 13. That's not going to happen. Jersey number 20. So that's not going to happen because that's Dario Saric. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what he's going to wear. Random random thoughts by voida <laughs> uh,
1: I was just going to say three. That's clearly not going to work. Yeah. Maybe uh, he'll
0: take Javon Carter's number four. I don't know. Yeah. 27.
1: Well, Let's see is there any is there any pattern there? So you said what? Okay, 1, what else did you say?
0: 1, uh, 13,
1: 13 and
0: 20.
1: 20. 20. Yes. So nothing, nothing like adding up uh 3
0: minus maybe he likes. Nope, I've got nothing. He also is, he also wore number 23 as a rookie for the Clippers. So I I, I put th- I posed this question 32. on yeah, that would be really weird. That would be
1: really that weird. That would be number. weird, but I don't know if we could allow that. Yeah, that'd be strange. And no, for other reasons. Yes, I got you. Yes.
0: <laughs> so some, I, I actually posed this question on Twitter, like right after it happened. Cause again, I'm just an idiot. And somebody said like 57, cause that's what all his previous Jersey numbers combined were, was number 57. Hmm. So who knows? Um,
1: 26, just cause I can't really think
0: of anybody that's ever worn 26. That just seems like a random number.
1: I'll go with that. That's my final answer.
0: Okay. There you go. You heard it here first. We're hoping I want. So says Jay to be correct. I want 26. Uh, Somebody says 31. Just kidding. That's uh, obviously Sean Marion mega giants. 89 says maybe number 11 currently that's Abdul Nader. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, but I mean, Abdul is I believe a free agent. So if he doesn't come back, I could totally see that happening. Um, Somebody's did you trade Lissy? (laughs) Fabio. No, I didn't. Just so anybody, everybody who's tuning in a little bit later. Matthew is currently down with the migraine. He gets them from time to time. So again, thank you to So says Jay for coming on here and and helping out because there's just there's too much to talk about. Uh and and I have to talk about it to somebody. So yeah, uh Dylan, Devon Reed was 32. I think he was the last guy to wear. I like Devon Reed when we drafted him out of Miami, second overall or second round pick. God, the Josh Josh Jackson year, maybe. Somewhere in there didn't amount to none to to a damn thing,
1: but somewhere in that, in that lost, lost, those lost years of Sun's drafts. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So call it the lost years,
0: the lost years, the lost boys. (laughs) Um, a bunch of vampires out there, but again, I think that Landrew Sham is just a great addition to this team and it really solidifies that backup too. So you have the backup too kind of squared away. So now you have to focus on obviously, uh, your your starters and you have to lock them up and of course cp3 the big news today came down four years 120 million dollars for chris paul that is 30 million dollars a year uh he's 36 so essentially when this contract expires if he you know exercises and does the entire thing he will be 40 years old it's like having Tom Brady on the team. So when you heard CP3, four years, $120 million, Justin, what hit the dome?
1: Well, I, I mean, I expected to hear that he was re-signing. Uh, the four-year thing wasn't a huge surprise, the expectation being that the fourth year was going to not be guaranteed or be partially guaranteed, it turns out. And I think I've read reports that the fourth year is not non-guaranteed and the third year is only partially guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again... I've tuned out a lot of basketball up until the past couple of days. uh, So I'm not really sure how that might uh, result in ramifications cap wise in the future, what have you. But ultimately I'm looking at a team who made it to the NBA finals with an all NBA point guard who, despite his age is still performing at an all NBA level team needed him back. Robert Sarver has said that if Chris Paul wants to be back, he was going to be back. And uh, Everyone expected. I expected him to be back, regardless of what the price is. The team needed to do it to keep this keep this group together and keep this thing uh, moving forward and running back one more time.
0: Yeah, I think it's an absolutely fantastic move. I really do. I think that you have to you have to solidify your base, and you you, by doing this by saying four years. And again, we don't know how long Chris Paul is really going to play. What he's done essentially is he secured himself the remainder of his career his last contract of his career. Mm -hmm. So no matter what happens, whether he ends up being traded, whether uh, he retires or if he plays out the whole four years and plays fantastically, or if he plays out the whole four years and starts to fall off, there's a lot of different options that occur here, but what he, but in the world of the Suns, you know that you have one of the best leaders of all time on your roster locked up for the duration of, uh, the DeAndre Ayton contract, because we know that extension will be coming, uh, potentially Mikael Bridges, and for, I think, three of the Devin Booker's uh, remaining years on his contract. So you're going to have... I mean, your core is set now. You said, we have mm-hmm. our point guard. We have our two guard. We know we're going to extend, eventually, DeAndre Ayton. We know Mikhail Bridges is in the wings. Cam Johnson, that'll be a decision two years from now that needs to be made. Next year can be made as well. So you're really solidifying this window, and you're saying... Our goal is to keep this core together, and now we've done that via the contracts, and now we're just going to kind of build those pieces around here to solidify that. Now, there was a really interesting piece that I read uh, from David Klein at the Four Point Play on Twitter, and he actually wrote about Chris Paul coming in on a four-year, $120 million uh, hundred twenty million dollar deal. He actually wrote it about uh, two or three days ago, and it's actually a fantastic read. And It's kind of hard to understand some of the, all of the rules. There's so many rules when it comes to the NBA contracts, mid-level exceptions, all that stuff. But essentially he's talking about the 38 and over loophole mm-hmm. that is created by doing this. And essentially what it means is if any player is extended past 38 years, if, if they get, garner a contract that's going to hit them when they're in their 38th year on this planet, there's some exceptions and things that go around that. And Chris Paul, being the the president of the Players Association, is very aware of the CBA and how all of these different things work. And essentially what it does is it kind of gives the Phoenix Suns an opportunity to offer him more money than any other player could or any other team could because he doesn't have bird rights and he is uh, not extending with the Suns. He opted out and he's staying with the same team as before. So because of that, essentially, if we were to trade him, uh, or he uh, stops playing, there's money that we can essentially get back. And it, it's really, you have to read the article. It's really intricate. It's, you know, stuff that again, I tip my hat to David Klein on that. Cause it's very, uh, I, I have no idea how that stuff works, but essentially it was beneficial for the Suns to do this. It was beneficial for Chris Paul because it gives him that fourth year where other teams just couldn't offer that to him with the 38, with the, with, him, with the 38 and over rule, if he were to take a four-year, $120 million contract anywhere else, that money would have to be guaranteed. Because right. it's with Phoenix, it's not guaranteed, as you mentioned. The fourth year is not guaranteed, and half of the third year isn't guaranteed either, which does a couple things. One, uh, it allows the Suns to stay under that luxury tax during this entire process. And two, it gives us some flexibility at the back end of his contract. So uh, you know, kudos to James Jones on this one, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things where you got to think that this is the type of,
0: uh, you know, the, the the
1: type of circumstance that when James Jones is looking at making the trade in the first place, he's playing out in his head, thinking, okay, well, what about this? Because obviously, they know that Chris Paul has the option to opt out. Now, you look back, you think back to you know a few weeks ago, Robert Sarver had, had a short interview on like MSNBC where he had said, if Chris Paul wants to be back, Chris Paul is going to be back. And you think back to when all this was happening, and and finding out as the as as details came out about the process about how Chris Paul was instrumental in making it all happen you got to think well Chris Paul's going to want to be back you have to think James Jones even back then expected that something like this could happen so everything seemed to be right in place for what uh for what happened to exactly happen that is us have CP3 back and run it back for One, two, three, four more years, maybe. Who knows? We'll see where things go. But uh, let's focus on getting a chip here next year
0: first. Amen. Amen. Well, and at the same time, you have to give James Jones and his team credit for knowing all of the little rules and the intricacies. Because there's some organizations that just don't do things like that. For example, the Cleveland Guardians, right? You've heard of the new baseball team, right? The Cleveland Indians are changing their names to Cleveland Guardians. Did you know that clevelandguardians.com was already taken? (laughs) <laughs> by like a male roller derby team like there was one guy in that organization who had one job it's like hey we're going to change our name can you just check and make sure that website's available and they didn't do it you know attention to detail is so important
1: that guy's like yeah what are the odds i'm sure it's fine can
0: we spell guardians different can we put an yeah. at the end just to, <laughs> yeah, you know so again you know it, you you might think that uh you you might not appreciate it but i know that i appreciate it i'm talking to you jamsters those of you who are watching listening like you have to appreciate all of those little things that need to occur for a team to be successful especially given everything that goes around contracts middle level exp- exceptions two way contracts uh the 38 38- Overrule again, something I had no idea, but again, it plays into the sun's benefit in the long term and keeps us under that luxury tax. And because of that, we had the capacity to bring back campaign. So now you have campaign for the next three years, 19 mil. So a lot of people were saying, okay, campaign, he's going to be hot on the market. I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. Yes, I, st- I started to listen to that. I skipped all of the episodes relative to the finals. I waited two episodes after that and I finally started listening to it again. And they were mentioning, both him and Jackie McMullen were mentioning a bunch of different point guards and how many PGs are available on the market this free agent class. And campaign, they brought up a couple times and they both were saying, yeah, he's at least going to get 10 million. It's probably two for 20, uh, maybe three for 30. We got him on the hometown discount, Suns fans. So you think about it a team that doesn't have a lot of cap space. When you had Chris Paul, who was at 14 million or, or I'm I'm sorry, 44 million drops down to 30 million. So that's 14 million that goes to you know utilization of trying to build around this team. And then campaign is now saving you an additional about four million. That's 18 million dollars that the Suns have freed up through savviness, through understanding the rules, through building a culture mm-hmm. where people want to come here and will come on the discount. Campaign three years, 19 million dollars, just in thoughts.
1: Smoking deal. Smoking deal like what else, what else do you say? I, 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 was shocked when I saw it because I was like, oh my God, that's it. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what else to say. It, it's, it's exactly what you said it is. And that is the, there had to be a hometown discount here. Um, uh, not even hometown, a, 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 uh, Love of the franchise discount. Uh, is, I mean, campaign has never been quiet about how much he loves being with this team and how much he wants to be a part of this team. So I guess it shouldn't come as a surprise, but at the same time where the Suns have been for the past decade, I guess it should come as a surprise, right? Because no one would have expected even before this year started, this last season started that we'd be talking so quickly about, about the Suns getting a player to come here on a, you know, a hometown discount, a team-friendly deal. Uh, and it's something that even when James Jones was first named the, you know, the full-time GM, it was a point that Paul and I had mentioned on our podcast, Fanning the Flames, for anybody who doesn't li- doesn't know us. What's By the, the way, Twitter handle? To, to the extent that you guys are going to be less frequent during the offseason, don't worry, you will still pale in comparison to our lack of frequency. <laughs> but the Twitter handle is at FanTheFlamesNBA. Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, total my awesome train of thought now. Oh, James Jones. That was one reason I really liked the hire of James Jones. Cause I'm sitting sort of thinking if you have to rebuild these relationships that you have with players, with agents, with other organizations, whatever the case might be, what better guy than James Jones, who won multiple championships, LeBron's homeboy, whether you like LeBron or not, that's a good thing. And, uh, who was also highly involved in the NBA PA. Uh, the hire at the beginning was something that you're seeing as a reason, you know, the the, the, one of the purposes being to to mend those relationships and build that rapport with players and other franchises. And again, just something that you didn't really think would happen this quickly. And here we are talking about it. And obviously great to have campaign back because he was a huge part of this team all season, especially through the playoff runs. I mean, a lot of things changed with the team. I think when he hurt his ankle, Um, but but it's great
0: to have him back and he'll be fully healthy. And again, we'll, we'll run it back, baby. And you have now, so now you have Chris Paul, you have campaign. And because he took that lesser deal, and it might not seem like much, you're like, okay, you know, 6.3 a year uh, versus 10 a year. Well, that is essentially one to two veteran minimum deals that we can get in there. That mm-hmm. is bringing Etwan Moore back potentially on another veteran minimum deal because campaign did that. So you're not out there trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel. You potentially have somebody who's already a member of this organization, understands this culture and likes it. And I'm not saying that that's happened or is going to happen, but that's the opportunity that you have now. Now you can spend a little money. Now you have your, you know, essentially your guard rotation is set. It's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and then you have campaign and Landry Shaman. And then behind that, you're going to probably get one more guard, maybe two, you know, because I think uh, who was mentioning it, the, The five by three, I think uh, Gerald Borgay was mentioning something about that. The five by three, what you want is, uh, or three by five, I guess three backups for all five positions. That's your 15 man roster. So if you put another point guard behind uh, Cameron Payne and Chris Paul, which could be Tyshawn Alexander, Alexander. Okay. Okay. Now you just need to get another shooting guard behind the other two. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, I think is the one weak spot Our small forward, We need to kind of expand upon. You have Jay Crowder with Cam Johnson and you have uh, Darius Sarch, Unfortunately, won't be playing behind DeAndre Ayton, but playing behind DeAndre Ayton for one year, five million dollars is JaVale McGee. <laughs> JaVale McGee is a Phoenix Sun. Okay, I'm just gonna say, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who've been watching this podcast for quite some time or listening to this pod, you know I'm a fan of JaVale McGee. I had the whole hashtag JaVale McGee thing going on last uh, free agent or uh, trade deadline. You know, I thought you know, and then in the buyout market, I was like, "Do bring this guy in there. We need some size. We need somebody who can be a rim protector. He's not somebody who's going to blow you away with alley oop dunks, or he's not going to be somebody who's going to score 15 points a night off the bench behind DeAndre Ayton. But what he does allow is, he one he's seven feet tall, which is taller than Da. He's 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 the size of Frank Kaminsky, but he can actually play on the inside. He's an Olympian, by the way. So good job, Devin Booker, to talkie. Talking I don't to him, him uh, and, and yeah, Booker's over there in Tokyo right now. I'll be like, listen, man, just take the money, take the money. Uh, that one year, that five mil, come join what we're doing there in Phoenix. And I know that he's not going to be a. He, this isn't a an ultra impact guy, but he's going to impact this team enough and take care of some of the deficiencies that we had. So you think about what James Jones has just done today, and there's still plenty to talk about. But just what he's done today: re-signing Chris Paul and, and getting some money back, getting campaign on a three-year deal bringing him back, you know, the team that took a chance on him, he's taking a chance back on us for a lesser deal, getting JaVale McGee in here for one year, uh, 5 million. And essentially what the Suns are doing there is they're taking their mid-level exception, which is $9.5 million. And they're going to split it in two. So they'll bring somebody else in, uh, for that same, that same price tag. But I mean, JaVale McGee is a Phoenix sun, Justin, uh, Matthew, when you get back on this podcast, we'll celebrate together. Cause I know you're a big fan too, but Justin, you're going to have to do the, your best Matthew Lissy impression impression. So say something really weird. I can't wait
1: for JaVale's mom to go to Suns games. Yes. Oh. <laughs> felt right. For some reason, if I'm channeling my, my inner Lissy, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew. That was what I came up with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do JaVale McGee. I like, Short of what I even feel about this, I'm kind of interested in seeing how like this ultimately plays out in Sun's Twitter universe, like especially throughout the course of the season, because JaVale McGee is gonna do some dumb shit out yes, there on the yes. course. Like that be let's be ready for that. I mean, there's a reason why there's like literally 10-minute YouTube videos of JaVale McGee's biggest bloopers, all of his appearances on Shaq and the Fool, all that kind of stuff. But I'm I'm curious as to whether or not, because that's the kind of thing that, you know, can certainly almost uh, ingratiates a player to fans because it's like, oh, shucks. He's doing that, that goofy, dumb JaVale does that kind of thing, a uh, thing again, at the it's same like time. Sarge. You also see it being something fans take the other way. But I think at the end of the day, everyone who's a basketball fan knows that you're going to get that with JaVale McGee and Ultimately, like you said, he fills a knee that the Suns, uh the sons have. You know, behind DA, we it showed, especially after Dario got injured in the playoffs, in the finals. We're running Frank Kaminsky out there, giving him minutes in the finals, man. You can't tell me that even if you don't like JaVale McGee, that that's not a better, he's not a better option there than 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 Frank. I mean, he fits in nicely with the with with the role of backup center because he brings a big body, like you said, seven footer has, you know, he's, he's long can grab rebounds. He can still be productive, you know, productive enough to give you those 15 minutes or so that you need, maybe if that to, to spell DA during games. And, and at 5 million bucks, uh, I I think it's a great deal. Again, it improves the team. And ultimately I'm, I, for one, I'm looking forward to when, you know, JaVale gets somehow gets a a breakaway and decides he can dunk from the free throw line uh, (laughs) (laughs) or does something uh, to that effect, because
0: I'm one of those guys that it's going to endear him to me as opposed to perhaps the other way around. And that's how, and you said it so eloquently and it's so true. Like he's going to be doing some dumb shit. Just be ready. Suns fans. You know, there's a reason he's a backup in the NBA. You know, you have to always remember that about these players. There's a reason that he's coming here on a one year, $5 million deal. You know I mean? It's, he's not an all-star he's an Olympian but he's not an all-star. So just be ready for some dumb stuff. And again, that's why we love Dario. We love, we love hate Dario. We had the smart smoke break and, you know, somebody said in the chat earlier, but we're going to have to make up a section specifically for uh, JaVale. We'll come up with something. Uh, But it's, I think it's, again, it gives the Suns more versatility. When we do run into those teams that are larger, we can run out some lineups where he's playing center and uh, you have DeAndre Ayton running the four. You know, yep. it's not something you're going to see for 30 minutes a night, but you throw that in for 10 minutes a game, it's going to throw other teams off, and it's going to give you rebound and interior presence. And when you're playing those teams like the Bucks, who aren't necessarily the best three-point shooting teams in the league, and they like to score in the interior, now you're going to make them pay for it. Right. So you take that, and then you sprinkle in the fact that uh, James Jones mentioned that he's really excited to to see what Jalen Sticks-Smith is going to bring to the fold this year. Now he's going to he's had a season under his belt. Now he's going to get a summer league. Now he's going to get a preseason. Now he could be a productive member of this team moving forward, especially if JaVale McGee's taking the Dario minutes. Well, now, you know, remember Frank Kaminsky played a lot of minutes last year during the season. And now those are going to be Jalen Smith uh, minutes. And again, more versatility for this team. That's the whole goal. That's the whole reason for going out free agency, trying to hit the trade market. Uh, you know, utilizing your draft pick to get Landry Sham is you want to create as much versatility as possible. How excited are you knowing that Jalen Smith is going to be finally, finally get his chance this year and finally have an opportunity to develop into a player and hopefully come out the other side, what we all want him to be.
1: You know, I I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing sticks uh, during the, during the uh, summer league for one, but definitely next year. I've, I've been of the mindset that how they've handled him this season, the limited minutes, the limited exposure has all been by design. And, and that's because y- you took a guy who really is a de- developmental player, right? You know, you see a lot of rawness to his game. It's not like the surprise pick of Cam Johnson, who while it was a surprise pick, he's a guy that has had, had a skill set that was developed and NBA-ready. Um, and I think that when they took Jalen Smith, they expected that, yeah, this dude's going to sit. We're not going to expect a lot from him the first year. We're going to let him learn the game. We're going to let him learn NBA speed. We're going to le- let him put on some size and, and prepare him mentally and physically to really, uh, get into the NBA game as opposed to throwing him in. And, and it's almost like you think about how NFL, NFL teams used to treat their quarterbacks. Right. I, I almost look at it, something similar to that. Uh, and You you see a lot of people talking about, well, he's a bust. People calling for him to be traded, et cetera, et cetera. And ultimately, there's been no sign, though, from the Suns franchise that they're disappointed that they're giving up on him. Obviously, the exact opposite is what's come out of there. And as far as I'm concerned, I haven't seen James Jones do anything that's going to make me doubt what he's doing or saying when it comes to the players that he's putting on this team. So if he's looking forward to it, I'm certainly looking forward to it even more so than I would be just on my own. Uh, so, so ultimately I think we're going to see a lot out of sticks. I think he's going to be a player next year. Uh, a lot of people are going to go, holy crap, this is what we have in this guy. And it's not just going to be, he's serviceable. It's going to be, this this guy is going to be a difference maker in the NBA. Uh, that's, that's what I'm expecting. And let's hope see it
0: see, uh, we see it come to fruition, right? God, I, I hope you're right. Uh, but I will say that I expect him to make plenty of mistakes next year as well. He should. You know, and the goal for the Suns is to be in those situations where he can play some valuable minutes and truly develop. And I think, you know, one of the reasons we didn't see a lot of Jalen Smith last year is one, again, not having the the summer league, not having a preseason. It really didn't prepare him to be successful on defense. He has the offensive skill set, I believe, to be successful. And the more he develops that, the better he will be. But to be completely lost on defense, not to know how to navigate switches, things of that nature, he just didn't have an opportunity to play at all. So I think that that's the benefit of the summer league and the preseason for Smith, is he will have an opportunity to really start to understand all of the defenses, think, you know, rotations, how to guard the three-point line, get down there and rebound. And in doing so, we're going to have an opportunity to see him get more playing time. I hope it's effective playing time. I know there's going to be mistakes. We're going to be very critical, because we're Suns fans. We're critical of everybody on there. So. Uh, one thing that everybody keeps popping up in the chat, and I, my I, my guess is the reason that everybody's bringing this up is Flex from Jersey tweeted today. Uh, you know, he said, just wondering what y'all. What, yeah, exactly. He said what? Just just wondering what y'all think about the Suns adding JaVale McGee and Taylor Horton Tucker. Just wondering, and then the double, the, you know, the eye emoji. And we know Flex. Flex always kind of has he he knows something. Something's always up his sleeve, and you know, nine times out of ten, he's right. So a lot of people are bringing up the fact that, you know, Talon Horton Tucker is somebody who is available potentially from the Lakers. If he gets a qualifying offer from the Lakers for $1.8 million, uh, he's 20 years old, young kid, ton of talent out of Iowa state. What are your thoughts on THT? Do you think the Suns could bring him in considering that the Lakers are very, very strapped for cash now that they have Russell Westbrook?
1: I mean, (laughs) Yeah, he's a guy that, like you said, there's there's the potential there. He's young. He has a skill set that I think fits in well with with this team. And if it's a player, you can also take from a rival in your division. Who you know, has he didn't we didn't see a lot of him in our series for 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 I think, matchup reasons, but obviously he's serviceable to the Lakers during the time that he's been there. If you can pluck him from them then 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 by all means. And you know it's one of those things where I don't know the timing of when Flex had tweeted it out earlier today and the JaVale McG- McGee signing getting announced. I think he had tweeted it out before it got announced.
0: yeah, it's, it looked you know, it was two hours ago. So you know, you look at an Arizona time it was five eleven. And I feel like uh, that was right around the time that we got JaVale McGee. But Ryan Murphy in the chat says, J- Flex just replied to me on Twitter, asked about THG and said, at this point, it's unlikely. So you know, it, I think it's a great fit because, again, you add, he's a penetrator. You know Whereas Landry Shamit is somebody who plays from the outside, yeah. THT is somebody who penetrates. And so that gives you, again, more versatility and flexibility on offense with your second team unit. If you have a guy, you're like, listen, we need to jack up some threes and spread the floor, Landry Schammett goes in. Okay, right. if we want to try to get somebody in foul trouble, THT, you put him in. Cameron Johnson's also a penetrator, so you could have double, this sounds really inappropriate, but you can have some double in- penetration going on with campaign and THT, or you can go the exact opposite and sit with you know some shooting. So yes, I have said double penetration on this podcast for the first time, and Justin, you were here for it.
1: I'm happy that was the first time.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, that's so what she said. That's what Max is, <laughs> uh,
1: <move point>. So,
0: <laughs> so, so again, you know, the, the fun thing about doing this, and this is the fun part about free agency overall. I love this day. Free agency day is always a fun day. Uh, not to sit last there. year. No. Yeah, no, not really last year. Last year was a lot of sitting around and waiting. And then last the second year was day,
1: everybody losing their goddamn minds. Yeah. Because we didn't year. do anything.
0: And then day two, we got Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. You know, and then everything, you know, by the by the and free agency was before the trade deadline. The next thing you know, we had CP3 within, you know, 48 hours. But still, uh, it's a fun day to turn on the notifications for Shams and to Wo- and for Woj to see who's kind of beaten. who. Like I was working all day and then about three o'clock, it was like two fifty five. I'm like, I'm done. Like I'm sitting here on my work computer on Twitter and I'm just going to watch the show. And I think literally mm-hmm. the first thing that happened was Lonzo Ball to the uh, Chicago Bulls. Uh, massive, you know, re- well, I guess relatively speaking, uh, but a massive contract for Lonzo Ball. He ends up getting, what, four years, uh, 80-something million. It ended up being like
1: 20-something, 20- yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, good good for him. You know, I, Lonzo Ball is somebody I wanted on the team uh, if we weren't going to go the Chris Paul route, but I'm completely happy with what we did. Um, a lot of people in the chat are talking about bring back Kelly Oubre. What are your thoughts on bringing back Kelly Oubre? <laughs> uh like it, the the player Kelly Oubre
1: would be fantastic. I, I I think at this point I don't know that he would be the best guy to have, uh, uh, you know, morale wise on the team. I don't know that that interest uh, would be there either, uh, from Kelly's end. Of course, I, I think the the Suns would handle everything like a business as they should. And uh, what Kelly had said, be water under the bridge. But uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, guess that that's not a likely uh <laughs> a yeah. likely marriage that we're going to see
0: yeah let the let the past be the past thank you Kelly for everything you did uh but I don't think that you fit in the confines of this team's this team anymore combined with the fact that I mean you have your own what is it carmax commercial what, what, what what's he got a commercial for now some rental cars
1: yeah I, I don't think I've even seen yeah
0: it. it's it will yeah it's uh it's like he checks in and he's like it's tsunami poppy T. <laughs> Dollar sign, you. So he's got his own commercial. So in his own mind, he is a star. And unfortunately, this is a team that thrives on not being Mm -hmm. ego. No Mm -hmm. egos here. And Kelly has the ego. Good, bad, or indifferent, that's who he is. He wants money. It's going to be interesting. Here's what's interesting, too, is to see what his true value is on the market now, especially after the first day when a lot of the, the big names go for the big money. And then, you know, not every team's got a bunch of cap space. So he might end up having to take one of those mid-level exceptions. Mm-hmm. He might have to take a split mid-level exception. And with that comes a lot of humble pie. And maybe that'll be good for him uh, moving forward.
1: So then it's wild to think about, you know, what was it three years ago talking about what the Suns were going to do with Oubre is getting too expensive. And now here we are, he's, he's, you know, at the end of that contract we were talking about without a team, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's
0: pretty. It's pretty wild how how things can change in the NBA landscape in a few years, right? Well, well I remember last off season, prior to last off season, you know, we were all having a conversation about is Kelly Oubre expendable before we traded him to get Chris Paul. You know, one of the comments that I made, and I know some Suns fans weren't a fan of it because they loved Kelly as well. They should. You know, he brought a swag to this team that we hadn't had in a long time. He brought an identity. He brought. Uh, a playing style that was pleasurable to watch at times, you know, to the casual fan, he was really fun to watch. You're like, Ooh, he right. dunks. Yay. You know, but it's like to a Suns fan, you're like, okay, he's he a of ball on offense. You know? Yeah. He had bobs. He did pushups. You know, he got the blue kisses, you know, he did all these things that were fun and entertaining. But at the end of the day, if you look at production relative to his overall contract, it was an extremely sexy contract to trade, to use as a right. trading block. And I was saying this, you know, kind of during the playoffs about Dario Saric, I was saying the same thing. I'm like, he has an unbelievably tradable mm-hmm. contract that could really garner some quality assets. Now, granted, every time I, I said that, I, I, you know, I prefaced it by like, listen, I don't want to go into this too deep because this is postseason talk. We're in the playoffs right now. Unfortunately, he blows out his ACL. Right. Nobody really is going to take that contract. They're like, yeah, give me him for two for 18 million. Cause that's what's left on his contract. Right, and we and have- <laughs> Exactly. You know, so it just doesn't make sense, you know? So, uh, you know, this time next year, when we're talking about Dario Saric, it will be an extremely uh, tradable contract, and that will be something you know moving forward next season that's going to assist in do you know helping the Suns repeat as champions after next year. Yeah,
1: I've I love me. that optimism. You know, I love that optimism.
0: <laughs> is there and, and is, one thing I'll say
1: though too is let's let's step back the ego comment. This team does have egos, but this team doesn't let egos get in the way of the team. That's that's the thing. You, you're not Devin Booker and Chris Paul without having ego, right? I mean, sure, sure you're not in the NBA without having ego. ego. Uh, but ultimately, it's it's how that ego impacts you and how the ego impacts the people around you. And and we have the right mix of egos on this team as it stands. And it's, by all accounts, I mean, I, I'm certainly not looking at any of the guys we've added so far this offseason thinking, Ooh, I don't know about that
0: guy. No, completely agree. And again, you look at this team and how it's constructed and you think back to the 7 seconds or less era and you you just you can't help but smile right now because of the success that this team had. And we're going to run it back. We're bringing back every major asset that helped this team get to the NBA finals. And now all we're doing is we're making those little additions. Not and and they're little additions. It's not, uh, goodbye, Quentin Richardson. Goodbye, Joe Johnson. Let's try Raja Bell and Boris Diaw here. Oh, okay. Uh, Let's bring in uh, Kurt Thomas, okay, because we need somebody, you know, we need a huge big who needs to play a ton of minutes. You know, we're going to trade Sean Marion for Shaq now. I mean, we're keeping this core together, and we're taking a shot at this. And and James Jones, for the third consecutive offseason, I'm unbelievably impressed. And the moment he traded Javon Carter again, as as shitty as that is, as a Suns fan who has an affinity for these players, it's the right move. And to see yeah. the moves that so, he's made so far today, it's again the right move. He's still doing, he's still operating within the confines of the cap, avoiding the luxury tax, which you know we, we might hit that eventually. And you're going to if you're going to sign Da to an extension and Mikael Bridges to an extension. So that's why you have to do the. The due diligence right now and make the correct moves. And there's a lot of big names that are still out there. You know, if, if you go, obviously, you know, Kawhi Leonard's the big one where everyone's like, well, where's, Ka-? you know, he's probably going to resign, but no one ever knows. It's like, yeah, it's Kawhi. Like, you don't know, but DeMar DeRozan's still out there. Uh, Otto Porter is something who is somebody who now becomes really interesting to me. And I think, you know, he's somebody who, Uh, He's an unrestricted free agent. He was with the Bulls, got traded to the Magic as a part of the uh, Vucevic trade, and now he's a UFA. And given the fact that a lot of these teams are already spending up big money on these other players, he's one of those guys who might be, you know, hey, another one-year, $5 million uh, deal player who's going to bet on himself, know that he can have an opportunity to get some playing time here, assist on the defensive end, assist on the offensive end, you know, he's somebody who I'm, you know, as, as I'm going through the list of remaining free agents, knowing that we still have a few roster spots to fill out. These are the kind of players that I'm looking at. You know, it's, it's Otto Porter. Uh, Danny Green's another one who I, you know, he might garner more money than we have available. But again, these are the guys, you know, if, if you can get them on a one year, five million dollar deal, which you can do now. Why not t- try to take a shot at them? And you, you add that to the back end of this team. And man, we all of a sudden become really scary.
1: Right and I, I think part of it too becomes the question of when you have guys like that what kind of role are they willing to accept on a team you know if they if they're taking a one year deal though that's a show me deal right um yes. so so it's kind of like if you look at a guy like Otto Porter where is he going to slide into minute wise with 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 a team like the Suns knowing that we have who we have right mm-hmm. uh you know things like that come into play you know, in a in a in a vacuum those types of scenarios look great and Ultimately, let's look at it though. Who are we dealing with? We're dealing with James Jones, right? I I think he's, he, he has a plan. We can predict what that plan might be. We've seen a history of us being wrong in those predictions. I don't think anybody was sitting there last off season going, Hmm, Jay Crowder would be an interesting sign, you know, especially him coming from Miami off of a finals run and, and he pulls in Jay Crowder. So, I don't know. Maybe that's an argument for the auto border thing being yeah. plausible. I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, though, whatever James Jones does, it's he has he's done what need what what I think he's done about as good of a job as you could expect him to do on day one of free agency this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. As we sit here looking at what this team looks like on paper, uh, even ignoring the fact that obviously there are still moves to be made, signings to be made, et cetera. Where we're looking at this on this roster is exactly what I would expect and I would hope to see coming off of finals run. And that is pieces that improve the team, but nothing that's a major overhaul where all of a sudden we're changing up system. We're changing up pieces that are going to take a lot of time to
0: incorporate. And that's the case for Chris Paul, right? That's why you go and you make that deal because he is the ball dominant centric part of this offense. And if you are to replace him, if you go, you know what, we're not going to bring in back Chris Paul, let's go get Lonzo ball. You're changing this team. The identity of this team is completely and utterly changed. And I do think that there's a lot of opportunity, you know, again, so the auto Porter, and this is just my, I love auto Porter. I, I've always been a fan of his, Uh, but I think that, you know, yeah, those are the show me deals and you want them to get the minutes, but you know what? Like the Suns just lost Torrey Craig today. You know, Torrey Craig is going to go be an Indiana pacer.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think that, You bring in another auto porter type, a guy who's, you know, six foot nine or six foot eight. Uh, You know, he plays small forward slash power forward. He's, you know, a 40 percent three point shooter on on four attempts a game, nine, almost 10 points a game, uh, five rebounds. You know, it's kind of Tory Craig esque kind of stats and you allow him an opportunity to get exposure and be a part of this culture. And again, that's that's the kicker. We have that culture again, and it's like, how funny is it two and a half years ago having these conversations? And it's just like, yeah, our culture's fucked. Like, there's no way yeah. anybody's ever coming here, you know. Oh, great, we got Tre- Trevor Reza, yay, who by the way went back to the Lakers. Like, yeah, okay, how have fun we there. But contracts, I like, have no idea how this guy keeps getting signed. Like, he's he's got black. Oh my god, him. I
1: can't believe Chris Paul got that much from the Suns. Forget that. I can't believe Trevor Reza got anything
0: from anybody. He's still in the league. Like, how? I have no idea. Um, and, I and by I,
1: the way, to, to just really quick on Autoputer, I I say where is he going to fit in? We just got done talking about how we're a little thin behind where Mikhail Bridges. Right, so I withdrawn,
0: <laughs> sustained, sustained. <laughs> so you know, real quick, what do you think about Westbrook to the Lakers? I don't care. I, That's my honest- answer too.
1: My, my I, I would have been more concerned about them getting Buddy healed, which was being reported first before mm-hmm. Westbrook. That I could agree. Be. Or, I'm sorry, Chavano Rainier healed, as I learned his real oh. first so film name
0: is. It's not really Buddy? He wasn't named after Will Ferrell's character an Elf?
1: You know, but, but you ready for this? His nickname, Buddy, was given to him by his mother based on Bud Bundy
0: from... Oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh, married with children. Married yep. with children. Dove yeah. and marriage. So, yeah, okay. so I feel like his
1: his birth name is a phenomenal, but then his nickname is somehow even better based on the the background behind it. Reason. I, just it's it's phenomenal. So that's what that's that that by the way is pretty much the extent of what I've looked into NBA wise up
0: until the past you know day. No, I hear uh, you. <laughs> you know, I but I. But, I, but, I, you know, I, I I apologize to all the jamsters. We haven't been pumping out the content over the last week. And again, it's only a week, but still like, it's nice to take a little break. The Olympics going on, everything's kind of leading up to free agency. So Matthew and I were, we were like, Hey, let's do it Thursday. Nah, Friday. Hey, maybe Saturday. Nah, I'm golfing. What about Sunday? And finally, I was like, we're doing it today because it's Monday. And then of course, poor guy got a migraine.
1: Uh, you know, the, the way you explained how you guys were delaying the, is the, how the, you they, live your life. Exactly how we, but then we stopped talking about it for like three weeks. And, and, but Back to Westbrook.
0: Well, you're going to have to do it mm. for Brightside now, Bud.
1: <laughs> Come well, on, don't 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 let a, Dave down. It's a whole nother conversation, I guess. Shoot, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, it, the Westbrook thing is, you know, it, okay, great. They got Westbrook, so they're going to have three guys who all demand the ball and who all demand the ball inside the three point line, or at least you mm-hmm. know is where mm-hmm. their primary scoring basis, right? Okay. Yep. Um, another big name, but at the end of the day. I I don't think it makes it doesn't make me any more concerned about the Lakers than I was you know this past season it doesn't make me again any more concerned that I would be if if they had gotten Buddy Hield instead so good for the Lakers good for Westbrook he gets to you know live in L A hang out with LeBron all that good stuff but ultimately the Suns are still I think a better team
0: that's the key word there is team and I like what Mark Brooks says in the chat he says Westbrook is an excellent player but somehow makes the team worse. Mm-hmm. And what the Suns have is a team, a team and have, they, they, in every aspect and all the little pieces that they're adding help benefit this culture. And I know it sounds kind of stupid to say, uh, but Alex Caruso is now gone and he's with the bulls. So it's him and Lonzo ball are, are uh, reunited with the Chicago bulls. And he was part of that culture, that, that defensive gritty
1: mm-hmm.
0: culture. And don't get me wrong. Like Westbrook has that high motor and that desire to win. And, and, LeBron, I think, is trying to feed off of that for himself in AD. And knowing that there's another ball-dominant guy, maybe LeBron can take more plays off because he's going to be older, and I understand yeah. it. But from a team aspect, I think that it hurts the team. And I think what the Suns have done so far has done nothing but help the team. Now, obviously, it doesn't matter until they hit the hardwood and we actually see the season play out. But again, you have to put these building blocks together during this time frame to ensure that you have that success. And I think that the Suns, what they're doing right now, is doing the things necessary for this team to be successful moving forward. To to put a product, once again, on the court that we as Suns fans, as the Valley, are unbelievably proud of. And I just, you know, again, kudos to James Jones for all of the work that he's been doing up to this point. And you know what? I'm going to do an ad drop real quick, because why not? The Suns Jam Session Podcast is brought to you by Just Sports. Enter the code SunsJam at checkout for any of your online orders and receive 15% off of your purchase. That's right. Let them know that the Sun's Jam Session guy sent you. Again, that is promo code SunsJam when checking out at shopjustsports.com. Word.
1: Word. Yeah, that vid- the, 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 the video of you uh, entering the code was phenomenal. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, for-
0: you. I took that myself. I, 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 so I can tell, so I can tell <laughs> excellent production quality. Thank you. Gotta love iPhone 12s. <laughs> are there, you know, before we get out of here, Justin, are there any, is there, is there anybody else who's out there currently that you think would make another good addition to this team? Or have you even had the time to really kind of go through the list?
1: Well, let me ask you, and and I guess my answer will be a question, which will kind of give you the answer if I really haven't had time to go through the list. But gotcha. Let me ask you a question back to what we were just talking about with Westbrook and everything. Yep. If a team like the Suns or the Bucks, let me restart. When the Suns win the title this year, and it will have been the Bucks and then the Suns, two non-super teams, will we start seeing a trend away from these players trying to form these super teams and do it more, at least in a kind of like a more. Uh, I feel like the Suns are somewhere in between. You know, they came together through obviously Chris Paul was a big part when he came here, and obviously him and Book had a role in making that happen. But that was a part that came in because a nucleus, a homegrown nucleus that could win was there. Bucks like the Bucks the way right. Yes. So does it start to make teams think? Oh, well, maybe this whole super team thing isn't
0: the right way of going about things anymore. Never. It it won't. I don't. I, you would like. You would think that because it's a copycat league, and the team is always looking at what makes success and what creates sustained success. But the issue you have is players like playing with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the LeBron James of the world who is like, you know what? I want my. I, I want to play with my boy. This would be just fun. I want basketball should be fun. And as much as playing the game itself should be fun, it, it's not for some players because it's stressful. There's a lot of, you know, outside things pulling at these guys. And then you get on the court, and if you're not performing correctly, you have jackasses like you and me on Twitter uh, mortifying everything that Dario Sarge does. You know, it's like, just fucking dribble the ball, you dumbass. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of external things. So if you, can ha- if you can experience this with somebody that you know close, who's a quality player, who can take some of that stress off of you, you know, look at uh, uh, Paul George, for example. Like we saw in the playoffs that he can, he can be an alpha easily playing without Kawhi, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to do that. He's never wanted to do that. Cause that's not in his DNA. So I think the super team will always exist and it will win at times, but that's the beauty of the NBA is the balance that occurs when you have teams like the Suns, when you have teams like the bucks, when you have teams like the Pacers, you know, mid-level market teams that have to develop guys and keep them interested in staying while adding that one key free agent piece, It's going to, it's what makes this league interesting and it makes Mm -hmm. it especially for, and and I hate calling Phoenix like a mid-level market team because we're like what the sixth largest city in the United States, but from, from a, uh, a national perspective, that's who we are. So if we have the ability to push against the super team narrative, then we're going to, but the other side of the coin is if you're one of those teams that has a super team, if you're the nets, if you're the Lakers, you know, you're rooting for the super team, uh, narrative because why the fuck not, you know, <laughs> it, pe- people know this and, uh, I hate talking about it, especially on a son's podcast, but like I'm a Dodgers fan. Right. And they just want and got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. And it's kind of bullshit. It's like, come on, man. Like the rich get richer. It's really kind of annoying as a fan, but at the same time it's like, fuck it. Why not? You know, it's like, that's yeah. my team. Let's go. So you're going to have teams rooting in both ways. And it creates Fun, sometimes abrasive conversation and narratives against each other. Uh, but that's just the league we play in. And I don't think that anybody's ever going to be like, no, no, I don't want any help. And that's the problem, especially when you have these clicks, when you have uh, clutch sports and these agencies, when you have the Olympics, when Devin Booker's over there eating sushi with JaVale McGee off of his belly button, he's going to end up signing with us. There you go. There's my lycism for the night. But that was I think, a good one. Thank you. I was going to say butt, but I went with belly button instead. Matthew would have said butt. Uh, <laughs> But it's always going to happen that way. And I think that, you know, free agency, uh, it accentuates that sometimes you see a lot of those personal relationships come in and guys just go where they think that, you know, uh, uh, they're going to have the support necessary or they have the narratives or the coach that they used to have. Uh, You know, that's why I was actually shocked. I forget who was I thinking of earlier? Billy Donovan um getting dennis schroeder i thought that dennis schroeder was going to end up in chicago because he used to play for him so i mean there's all these fun side narratives and things like that but it's a long way to say uh no super teams are here to stay and it's unfortunate because we don't have one but i like what we have instead
1: because it's more fun
0: having this too we have a we have a a a
1: Organic super team.
0: Yes, exactly. Though we drafted well, you know, and think about all those Suns teams in the mid to two thousand teens or whatever we're going to call that decade. You know, this would be the twenties. The thirties is next. I don't know what the fuck we just call what just happened. Teens. Uh, the, yeah. the, the the teens, the dark days of the Suns, and none of those draft picks outside of Devin Booker and T.J. Warren truly developed. But right. had they the way that they should have this success that we're experiencing, maybe not on this level would have occurred earlier, but Alex land, Marquis, Chris, Josh Jackson, all these guys didn't pan out. Well, guess what? Deandre Ayton is Mikhail Bridges is cam Johnson is. And obviously Devin Booker is loving it because he's been here for the whole ride. And now he's got Chris Paul sitting next to him. So we have, uh, uh an all NBA backcourt player. We have an all-star two all-stars and now we have an Olympian joining, uh, Uh, DeAndre who will probably make an all NBA team next year if he stays healthy and I really believe that the decade of misery amen crazy Luigi who's the decade (laughs) of misery that's what I call it too that's a that's a that's a fair name a fair name all right couple other people that uh are that are people are bringing up in the chat so we got uh what about the Suns getting JJ Redick I think he's gonna end up being a Brooklyn net I honestly do um he'd be great to have he loves playing with Chris Paul but I think he's going to end up there. I mean, he's he's, uh, another guy that would be a perfect
1: fit on this team. I mean, his Mm -hmm. ability to shoot the three obviously fits in very nicely with what we've seen the Suns trending towards. So I I would love him, but he's another guy that, yeah, I I just don't see that ending up the case. What about Andre Iguodala? no man why (laughs) i love love andre look i went to u of a right i went to Mm -hmm. u of a for grad school i love iggy i really do i just i i don't think he's a player that makes this team better necessarily i just i I think his best years are past to be behind him and uh big time yeah maybe maybe yeah i think his i think his uh Twitter profile picture is him playing golf, possibly if I recall correctly. Or I've seen that he's a golfer. Perhaps it is, and uh, maybe it's time for him to you know go ahead and enjoy his millions and and play some play some golf at some fine fine courses around the world.
0: Well, I'll tell you this: if Andre Iguodala does join the Suns, and I hope it's it should be on a veteran minimum. It should be one of those like two point one million dollars a year, uh, and he you just bring him in as a good locker room guy. He's a champion. He's an uh, NBA Finals MVP. He's somebody who you wouldn't be looking for a ton of minutes from because guess what, you know, in his recent iterations in the NBA, ever since he left the, the Golden State Warriors, he hasn't played a ton of minutes. You know, he was in Miami last year. Uh, he well, he did get some minutes last year with Miami, twenty one point uh, three a night. So I stand corrected there. But if he wants to come here and just come play some of those golf courses here in Scottsdale and just contribute you know 5 minutes every now and then I'm okay with it. So. Oh well, yeah, and
1: I guess at the end of the day it always goes back to to the role that they're willing to pay or play and 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 what the Suns are going to be giving them to come here. I mean if if Iggy's going to say yeah, I can come in and play spot minutes maybe uh, and he's cool not getting 20 or in the teens minutes a night uh, and it's a minimum deal okay, it's not going to hurt the team. He's not he's not a guy that I'm looking at going no because I don't think he's the type of ego that would fit well in that room it's more of uh uh, what he can actually bring performance wise to the table and i just don't think that there's much there but again at the end of the day if he thinks the same and he's willing to come in on a little deal where he's not expecting much when it comes to playing
0: time then so be it precisely what is his expectation of playing time if he if he doesn't want a ton yeah we got it for you uh code jjm says robin lopez no now that we got javel mcgee i don't think we would uh, throw another big back there, but uh that's somebody that Matthew brought up. Uh, Tony Snell, what do you think about Tony Snell? i I
1: honestly, I don't really have any particular thoughts on him. uh he, he's to me a name. I don't know much about the guy. I haven't really paid attention to where he where where was he even last year
0: last year he was with Atlanta Detroit before that Milwaukee Chicago before that he's six six shooting guard small forward um more of a uh, somebody who can play a little bit of defense, but he's you know known more for his offensive contr- uh, contributions. I feel like he would be adding. It's it's like a larger Landry Shamet almost, right? Right. You know, uh, somebody who shot what fifty six percent from three last year. You know, forty percent before that, thirty nine percent before that. So definitely an offensive force coming in. Um, I think with him, and this is just my one thought. Unless he wants to just take a one year deal to uh, prove it, deal. Uh, he's somebody who's probably kind of getting ready to really kind of cash in right. uh, uh, for the first time in his career. You know, I mean, he made $12 million with Atlanta last year, uh, 11 before that, 10 before that. So I think that he is going to look for something. Obviously, it's not going to be a lot of money left, but I think that, you know, he's a guy, if we can get him on a mid-level exception, you know, split like we did with JaVale McGee, it'd be great. Uh, but I just don't know if he's willing to take that little amount of money. I think there's other teams out there, uh that have more cap space cleveland might end up taking them they're starting to spend money left and right you know detroit they took kelly and Linick for a big number which mm-hmm. kind of pissed me off you know cleveland got jared allen for uh five years 100 million right after they drafted evan mobley it's like wow man you guys are really really going big and lace bacon just said uh we need a backup big man we got one hashtag mm-hmm. javel mcgee <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm but yeah, know, and
1: know. And, and it sounds like to a Snell that he might be in a position where, again, when it comes to fit minutes and everything, if 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 it's something where he does have to take some type of show me deal, he's going to want a bigger role, I would think. Right. I mean, again, speculating, who knows, but uh,
0: the James last... Jones will do what James Jones is going to do. right? Amen. And you know what? I support it. And in J- in James Jones, we trust mm-hmm. uh, the last thing I'm going to throw out there before we get out of here. Is Rashawn Holmes just signed a deal four years, 55 million with the Kings? Hmm. So he's staying put there. So any Sons fans who had dreams of Rashawn Holmes coming back, we knew Never. he was gonna go for the money. Uh that's why he's not here because yep, exactly. Good for, him. Good yes. for him. Love love Rashawn Holmes. Uh, the Kings, a team I don't understand, especially after the draft. So, uh, but I'll discuss that at another time with Matthew back on the podcast when he's feeling better. But thank you ever so much to Justin, aka at So Says J for picking up the slack and helping me out today. Uh, let everybody know where to follow you, all the good stuff. You know the deal. Yeah, About for yourself. sure. Man.
1: My pleasure. Happy, happy to be, be on and, and, again thank you for giving me a sounding board to to finally talk sons again in a in a way that I can allow myself to put the events of the past few weeks behind me yes uh you can find me on Twitter I'm at so uh, our pod is at fan the flames NBA uh my podcasting partner who is I mia I don't know he never even responded what a jerk uh is uh at Dervish of world but uh, we'll, we'll put out a pod sometime in the next
0: six months or so I bet yeah, Dave's counting on you. So make that happen. Uh, reminder you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me at Darth Voida. And if you want to go and follow the show, because now we're no longer on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. So we need you to go onto Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Let's see if we got any new reviews here before we get out of here. Uh, again, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's great because Matthew now has an iPhone. Um, which is huge because it makes all of our text messages now blue. Uh, So we let's see here. Any new reviews? (laughs) Um, We got sons in four. That's our one review. (laughs) Damn it. Damn it. We now we have now we have five, five star ratings. So thank you. Jamsters for doing that. Uh, But I only got sons in four. So I need more reviews. Do the review part, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on our, on our podcast. (laughs) We appreciate it. But, Again, thank you. Uh, Matthew and I will be back together here in a couple days to talk about the aftermaths of free agency and the draft. But again, thank you, Justin, and everybody else. Have a fantastic night, and go home and love your family.